Welcome to Healthy Habits Happy Moms Radio, where we are all about helping you find balance in food, fitness, and family 365 days a year with your hosts, Jennifer Campbell, Lauren Kosky, and Annie Breeze. Welcome back to another episode. We have a really unique guest. We actually have our first male visitor on our podcast today, and we have the Connor Beaton. If you aren't familiar with Connor, he is the founder of Man Talks, an international organization focused on men's personal and professional development. He's also a lifestyle entrepreneur and keynote speaker. And I have to be honest, I was a little bit thrown off when Jennifer recommended that I listen to the Man Talks podcast simply because of the name. But after binge listening to many of the episodes, as has my husband, I have to say the topics that Connor and his guests discuss pertain to both men and women alike. And I really enjoy listening to him. And I really, really enjoyed having him on the podcast today because he knows men and men and the dynamic between men and women and husband and wife and spouses and partners in general, male or female, get brought up a lot in our community and how to navigate some of these conversations about habit change, weight loss, our bodies can get a little bit sticky. And Connor has some great advice and suggestions for you on today's episode. I know you're going to enjoy it. Connor, thank you so much for joining us. Jen and I have been longtime fans of your Man Talks podcast, even though we are females. Do you hear that a lot, that you have female listeners to Man Talks? Yeah, absolutely. I met a, I met a few at the, uh, we had a Man Talks in Toronto the other day, and I showed up, and uh, some of the guys had come in, and then these two women came in, and they're like, oh my God, I love your podcast. Uh, and, and they like said some stuff from it, and I got a good kick out of it. But uh, we actually have a lot of couples that listen together. So we'll have like ladies who get their husbands to tune into it as well. And sometimes they'll like listen to it together in the car, and it's great. Yeah, because that's actually one of the things that we get um, requests for in our community. So our community, Healthy Habits, Happy Moms, I think has a lot of similarities to your Man Talks community. And women in our community are often asking if there is a community like ours for men. And yours really fits the bill because there's not a lot out there for men. Um, can you just tell us a little bit about what your Man Talks community is about? Yeah, for sure. So... I mean, to, to give you the essence, we really exist to help build better fathers, husbands, and leaders. And so um, we, we focus in on purpose, uh, healthy relationships. We focus in on, um, I mean, a lot, of different, a lot of different things, but it really comes down to self-awareness. Um, that's really what we teach and preach in a lot of different ways. Instead of trying to give out some dogma or formula for men to live by, challenging them to help question what it means for them to be a, a great man and a great father and a great husband. So we've got the podcast, like you said, we've got a great uh, website where we've got writers from around the world that write for us. We've got events that happen in cities all over North America. And then we've got some mastermind groups to support those men who are like really wanting to take their business or their relationship to the next level and, and are looking for a community to be a part of. So those are all the things. And then we're launching a, an online course next year, which is going to be awesome. So you're a little busy. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> a few things. Yeah, a few <laughs> things. I'm actually working on like a book proposal right now to see if I can't get published. So I'm like putting that out there in the ether slowly. 
That's super exciting. For those of you that aren't familiar with the Mantox podcast, it's available on iTunes. That's how I listen to it. And I'm, I'm sure through your website and everything. But what I really like about it is you have little mini episodes that are like 10, 15 minutes. And those are so quick and easy to digest. And it's like not a big, like overwhelming, I have to have an hour to sit down and listen to this. And I just, I really appreciate those as a busy, as a busy woman, as a busy mom that I can just kind of listen to that when I'm getting ready or in the car and have a little insight to start my day. Awesome. Yeah, I love, I love uh, recording those. I've noticed that they've started to pick up a lot more steam lately as I've, as I've been doing them. And it's interesting because you think that 10 minutes is such a long time, but then you start to dive into topics. Like the other day, I recorded one on understanding, um, understanding infidelity. And I was like, man, like how do you unpack something like infidelity in in 10 to 15 minutes um and so it's there's sometimes they're a little bit more of a of a broader spectrum look at something um with some with some minor details and sometimes they're like a really in-depth plunge into something specific yeah for sure jen are you fangirling over there a little bit I, I sometimes send Connor messages like I know him. Do you know, um, you know when you listen to someone's podcast and you're like, I know this person. And then you, and you, you, and then I see something, I'm like, Connor would really like this. <laughs> I, just, I just sent you a TED talk the other day. I'm like, Connor, look at this. And I'm like, I have never spoken to this man, but look how I'm speaking to him online. Oh my goodness. Well, and that's, that's kind of how we got your attention. I don't know if you remember, maybe it wasn't even you, maybe it was your assistant or your team, but we kind of harassed you a little bit on Instagram, which you're, you're really active on, or at least someone on your team is really active on. And you responded right away that you would love to join us on our show. And it was, it was nice because sometimes, you know, you start to get to know these people through blogging or podcasts or Facebook and um, become, become almost like superhuman. And you are are very like you've so far you've come across as very down to earth and humble and approachable and I think that's just it's really great thanks no yeah, yeah. It, it is it is it is me on the other side of Instagram while I while I do have a, a pretty significant team there's there's four people on my team I try and manage all of the social medias because I think it's important you know like I want to make sure that the messaging that we're putting out there is is actually my voice so that's it's it is me and I, it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort you know for the people that do tune in I want them to be connected to me, not some like random person that maybe I've outsourced to. That's how you build something personal. You know, it really is about the personal connections. Yes, we agree completely. That's what we try to do with our, our brand as well. So, okay, let's get into the questions because I have a feeling that we're going to have a lot to say about this. But Connor, you are engaged, correct? Is that? I am. Okay, congratulations. Thank you. Um, yeah. It is. And you are, you're super into all things relationships, romantic, friendships, um, platonic, all that good stuff. And we thought who better to consult on kind of a man's perspective on some of these situations that keep arising in our community other than you. So one of the first things that we want to talk about is we have this private Facebook group. We have 30,000 women worldwide and a topic that comes up pretty frequently is women receiving comments about their bodies from men, um, whether it's a boyfriend, a friend, a husband, and um, it's about their weight or their appearance. And a lot of times, as you know, there can be some really strong emotions attached to our appearance and our bodies. And we're just wanting to talk through some strategies to um, kind of navigate those conversations and how to receive those com comments um, and not end up in a 
drag out, knockdown sort of fight, argument, blow up, um, tears sort of conversation. Um, because so often we see women um, say that, you know, maybe their husband just made an observation. It could have just been as something as simple as, um, you know, you're, you're, uh, you've put on some weight. Um, it doesn't have any judgment necessarily, but it can, they can infer judgment, um, maybe depending on how they're feeling at the time, or, um, it could be something, um, intentionally hurtful. And I, I don't know, have you come across anything like that, Connor? And what would you say, uh, is going on from a man's perspective? Yeah, I think so a lot of times in, in, culturally you know women have and i think we see this all the time it's talked about all the time but women are in a lot of ways their 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 body and their body image they've we, we really in, in mainstream culture like portray image uh, portray women sometimes as like sex objects and so there's a lot of focus in on how they look and how they appear and how they dress and you know there's tons of magazines that that promote that and and continue that on and so I think a lot of men are really in some ways like we're, we're conditioned. We're like, we're really conditioned to look at women and, and, and look at the appearance of women, just like in a lot of ways, men are success objects. It's, we are valued on our ability to perform and produce and make money. And so, you know, the equivalent for a man would be, uh, you know, you're not able to provide and that would be really hurtful. Like if you call the guy fat or he put on weight, he, you know, he might not take it as personal, but if you were like, oh, I really wish that you could just like, you know, buy us that home. And like the fact you can't do that just so irritates me. Like that would be a gut shot for a guy. Um, so I think it, it does happen sometimes because guys grow up and, and sort of like enter into this uh, indoctrination a little bit that, that we see the surface level. And I think where it's coming from on a healthy side is can be concern. You know, I think for guys, we we see and we hear the struggles that, that you go through as women, and we see and we hear that that body image is like this huge thing. And you know, when we find ourselves in an intimate relationship with you, we really we always want to be attracted to you. And that's not because um, you know you're a sexual object to us, but that we want you to be our partner. We want to feel connected to you in a lot of ways. And oftentimes. Um, you know, women will connect emotionally and, and men will connect physically. And so for us, there's like this, this physical connection. We might not get all of our, our needs met from just emotional connection. We might need it physically. And so when he says something like that, if it's coming from a loving place, it actually might be mirroring back something that you've said. You might be, um, not you specifically, but um, the, the, you know, the woman in the relationship might be complaining about how she hasn't had time to go to the gym and how she's put on weight and like all of these things. And so it might be him actually like confirming like, Hey, you know what? Like, yeah, that that's happened. And, and what are we doing about it? Are you going to like, do you want to go to the gym together? I think that's There's a difference between him calling it out and him providing some, some uh, support is a huge thing. I also want to make the differentiation or the distinction that like, if it's abusive, then that's a whole different conversation. You know, Definitely. if he's, if he's using it for manipulation, if he's just being emotionally abusive or verbally abusive, like that, that's just never okay, period. And, and either, you know, that's, maybe that's a non-negotiable for you where it's, it's grounds for, for leaving the relationship uh, or at the very least it is um, cause for conversation and, and maybe uh, outside support and intervention as in going to see a couple's therapist together to kind of get to the root of what's actually going on. 
Um, do you have, I think that's all great advice. Um, very, very good advice. Do you have any suggestions for how um, women should or can respond when they receive a comment to kind of investigate, like, where is this coming from? What did you mean um, before they kind of decide how to proceed? Yeah. Yeah, I think first and foremost is, you know, understanding intention is is huge, right? Like if, if somebody's giving you feedback on your body, I think we also have to remember that like men, you know, they, they would communicate that to one of the buddies and not in like a really intentionally hurtful way, but sometimes we're, we're you know, sometimes we communicate to women the way that we would communicate to guys and that doesn't work, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and some of That's us just haven't. I've ever heard. Wow. That's going to change my life. (laughs) And and some of us haven't learned that lesson, you know, like it took me a while to learn that lesson where I was like, oh, women don't think like me. And like, it seems obvious. It totally does. But it's like, oh yeah, women don't think like me and they don't communicate like me. And so the things that I would say to my bodies and the way that I would say them to them are like, they don't land, you know? And, and so like really learning that there's almost like a, a different language that, that we sometimes speak. So um, that said, if, if your partner does come to you and he says, hey, like, you know, I've, I've noticed that you've put on a little bit of weight or hey, like you've been communicating to me that you've been wanting to go to the gym more. And uh, I would first say, notice if you're taking it personally. Um, the second thing I would say is notice if there's truth to the comment. We, none of us like hearing truth, especially when it's about something that we feel sensitive or potentially insecure about. And my, my, my biggest um, insight into this is that reactivity is always an indicator that there's a, there's a truth to the situation that we don't want to hear oftentimes. And so if we find ourselves being overly reactive or overly defensive, just like if a woman said to me, or if, if my fiance said to me like, oh, I really wish you could buy that apartment and you just don't make enough money. I would probably find myself getting pretty defensive like right in that moment. Uh, if I had felt that I'd put on some, some weight, I would, I would investigate. So I think from, from a tip perspective, after looking at our own reactivity and our own defensiveness to see if there's truth in that situation, to genuinely ask them like, where, where are you coming from in your, in your comment? You know, are you wanting to be a part of this? Are you wanting me to do something? Um, like, why are you saying this to me? And that will at least give your partner or her partner the opportunity to, to actually question and explain why he's bringing that forward. Maybe there is a loss of attraction, you know? I think that attraction comes in, in many, many, many forms. And maybe this is um, actually pointing to something much larger. You know, it might be coming out in a physical sense because that's what a man sees and we're very visual, but it might be that he feels emotionally disconnected as well. He might be hurt by something and this is a reaction to that. And so if you're able to really question why he's saying it and look at what's behind the comment, then we have, um, we have a bridge to connect with our partners. And I think the easiest way that I would sum this up is behind every, behind every criticism and concern is an emotional need. And that's true for men and women. So if your partner is, and this is, I, I like teach a lot of guys this, you know, because for them, they're like, oh, my, you know, my wife's complaining about this, or she's criticizing me for that. 
And it's like, well, there's an emotional need behind that. And the, and the same is true for your husband's. There's an emotional need that he actually just might not be in touch with. He might be feeling very disconnected from you and doesn't know how to communicate it. And so it comes out in this, you know, seemingly harsh and, and, and hurtful way. Um, I, yes, I completely agree with that. And one thing I wanted to add, um, just on my own experience is that when I was, um, this was, you know, years ago before I kind of started working on improving my, my own body image and my, my self-esteem and confidence, um, I talked really poorly about other women and I'm, I'm embarrassed about it now. Um, but I remember making comments about, you know, what other women were wearing or how, um, other women chose to, uh, live their lifestyle, eat, move their bodies, whatnot. And it was, it was very judgmental. It was very judgmental. But, um, I think my husband heard me talk about women so frequently like that, that it gave him permission to do the same. And so then when I kind of started to reframe my thoughts and work on my um, own insecurities and address those, my talk began to change. And then he kind of had to adjust his too. Like that just, that sort of talk, um, criticizing other women, um, whether it's their appearance or their choices, just um, was not acceptable anymore. And so we both kind of had to go through a readjustment phase. So he just took a little bit longer because he was kind of following my lead um, as the female in the relationship. Um, yeah, Jen, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I think that um, I was thinking about how Connor was talking initially about how women are viewed as sex objects. And um, most I mean, most, not all, but most women are mothers in our community. And that's a really um, transitional time for women to go from, um, you know, I, well, I mean, for me, me, for example, I was 25 when I had my first baby and um, I remember having trouble nursing and my friend asking me, you know, all these questions about um, <clears throat> why I'm having trouble nursing. And I ended up telling her that, um, well, she ended up pointing out to me that I had barely had boobs for <laughs> very long and all of a sudden they now belong to somebody else. And so sort of trying to show me that, um, I perhaps have always viewed myself as a sex object as well. And, and that kind of translated into having trouble nursing. And then, so what that reminds me of is that I often tell women, you know, when we, we talk about our own insecurities and how we view ourselves and our bodies, um, it's often a product of being sex objects and diet culture. And I try to remind them that men are also a product of that same culture. And so I think a lot of these issues come out when women are having children because your body changes maybe at, from um, becoming more ornamental to instrumental. And uh, women are working through a lot of different things. And nobody talks to men about this and how, and you know, I don't think we we often don't talk to our partners, how we're feeling about our bodies. And maybe we haven't even figured it out ourselves. And there's all kinds of things that come with pregnancy, um, postpartum, having children, like consecutive ch children, like I did kind of back to back, there's weight gain, there's physical changes in your body that you can't come back from. That's just the way your body is. And there is just this whole massive acceptance there going on. And it's, it is probably one of the biggest things I've gone through in my whole life. And yeah, I just don't know how, Connor, how do we bring men along for that ride mm. with us? 
Yeah, I think, I mean, this is kind of a challenging situation, right? Because, you know, I've, I've been on both sides of the spectrum. I've been with a partner who, uh, when I was pretty young, I was, I'm going to share personal information here. I was 18 and she was 32 and she had an eight-year-old child. And so, um, you know, we, we dated for five years and we lived together and we bought a house and had like the white picket fence. But when we first started dating, she had a lot of body images around have, having had a child. And it just like, it had like never even, you know, I was a kid, but it never even occurred to me because I just saw her as just so beautiful that I didn't see any of that stuff. And, you know, so sometimes we have these perceptions of ourselves that there are lenses we look through, but other people don't look through them. And so, you know, I think that sometimes we need to be able to, to put ourselves in the shoes of our partners and actually trust them, you know, and for, for them to say, I think that you're absolutely stunning and beautiful. And for us to take that in as, as a truth that's true for them and that it might not be true for us. And we need to tune into that. Um, and, and also having been with, with a partner who did put on a lot of weight and, you know, she really struggled with eating habits and stopped going to the gym and, and, and put on a lot of weight. And it, as a guy in the relationship, it was, um, it was very challenging because it was like walking on eggshells around the elephant in the room that like just couldn't get discussed. Because if, if I did bring up that, uh, you know, like the, the weight gain thing, which, which was something that she had addressed very openly, you know, she'd come to me and we would, she would talk about it. So how I actually went about it was saying like, Hey, let's go to the gym together and, and let's eat healthier. And so I actually just started to take leadership on, creating a healthier environment for for us both um but the the challenge was is that it was again it was it was systemic of a deeper issue is that she was struggling with with pretty severe depression and so how we actually engage men in these conversations is not only by sharing our own experience like i'm speaking for women now which is like you know ridiculous <laughs> like i understand like i understand what you've gone through right like like i've had a kid and i remotely even get this um but but for me like how uh, how i would have loved that in that moment is is for my partner to bring me into what she was going through you know because she had this perception that like that she had to struggle with that alone and that she needed to deal with it alone and and it just sort of isolated her more and more and more and i would have loved for her to just like really open up about the things that were that were really challenging for her and then to be open enough for me to support her in that way i think there was almost like this well this is my body and this is my body image and so i need to figure it out and it's and i would equate that to how men deal with their business right this is my business it's my finances and if i'm failing i need to figure that out and we very much have that perspective uh, in a lot of ways and so i would say you know if you're in a good healthy relationship where there's good communication then open up to your partner tell him what's going on tell him what you've been struggling with and if you really want to be an incredible partner have a bit of an action plan for him like the the men that are listening that you know that maybe listen to this podcast or or that are going to be you know that have had these conversations they always want to fix it right, right. they like, like you bring us these conversations and you're like i'm struggling with my body weight i'm struggling with my body image um and immediately we we go to like okay like we're going to create a health a nutrition plan and we're going to work out yeah. this much and, <laughs> oh, this and we're is like so familiar. <laughs> yeah we we go right to like 
cool, there's a problem and I know there's a problem and I want to connect with you so I can fix it. And, right. um, and so like, just know that that's going to happen and, and maybe be able to uh, be open to, to working with him on that because that's going to create the connection that you're ultimately looking for. That's really good information because um, for the women listening to this, they can think to themselves, this is something to expect because from what we've heard, when our partners um, jump into that Mr. Fix-It zone, that's a new level of hurt for them. So they're yeah. coming and they're trying to be vulnerable and you know, he jumps into, well, we'll start this nutrition plan. That can be again, very hurtful because that's not really what you were going to him for. Um, and that sort of says to us, yeah, I agree. You do need fixing or you do need change. Right. And really everybody wants to be loved um, for the way they are right now. Um, and yeah, I know. I mean, women are women and probably men. I won't speak for men though. <laughs> women are struggling for self-acceptance. They really are. And I think the women in our community, um, they are, they're sort of at that level where their awareness is, they know they need it, but they're struggling to find it. And we, we do still, you know, our partners are such a huge part of our lives and we, we, you know, we're trying to rope them into these conversations and um, sometimes it doesn't go very well. And that really causes a deep divide in couples. And um, I wanted to ask you, Connor, you know, we, we have covered what might happen in a healthy relationship, but you know, we hear some stories, um, Again, we work with thousands and thousands of women. So we hear, you know, there's a broad range, but we hear some um, stories that where partners are intent, you know, it almost seems they're intentionally hurtful or they are saying, they are literally saying to women, I don't like the way your body looks anymore, or I am not attracted to you. And I don't know what your take on that is, but to me, I feel like I feel like this is just not okay. It's like telling your grandma you didn't like the sweater she got you for Christmas. Like it's sort of, you know, there should be, I feel like, I feel like what's going on there? Why, you know, it's like, that should just be something that you do not say to your, to somebody that you love. And so maybe you could share some thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I laughed at the sweater comics. My grandma used to buy me <laughs> white fruit of the looms undies from zellers and i hated it i like i hated it and she had like a box in the attic when she passed away there was like boxes of of underwear <laughs> i just remember like helping my mom clean that out and being like yeah here's all my christmas presents freaking underwear uh anyway so i just wanted to go back you know to your to your comment just really quickly and say one thing which was um you know, if you're concerned about going to your partner and, and bridging this conversation and, and you are worried about him just trying to fix it immediately, um, you know, preface your needs in that moment. Our, as men, we, we want to be successful partners. We want to succeed with you. That is, again, this is, this is the presupposition is that you're in a healthy relationship, but we want to succeed with you. We want to see you happy. We want to see you healthy. And we just want to love the crap out of you. And so sometimes we don't know how to do that. And so if you come to us and you say, hey, listen, I want to talk to you about something. I don't want you to fix it. I just want you to hear me right now in this moment and love me and accept me. Like we have a mission, right? Then we're like, cool. I know exactly what to do. 
<laughs> I, I can listen to you. I can hug you. I can kiss you. I can tell you that like you've got this and you can figure this out. And I know that I don't need to fix anything right now. And that that's actually the fixing that you're looking for. And that can be the greatest help for us because then we won't go into fixing mode. Um, in terms of the unhealthy relationships, um, what was your question specifically? Just so I can address it. I don't, I don't want to like address something else. So I guess it's never happened to me personally, but you know, a lot of women listening, um, it has. And um, I'm wondering what is behind that? Like mm. what, why, you know, why, what, why would a man tell their partner they're not attracted to them anymore? Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's, I mean, there's uh, a number of reasons. So what I'll say really quick is that only hurt people hurt people. And, and that in a lot of cases, when you look at abusers, um, whether it's verbal, physical, emotional, sexual, they have been abused. And so oftentimes these men have grown up in some form of an abusive environment, whether, you know, that's learned behavior. Maybe they saw their father treat their mother like that. And they, you know, said things like that to their, to their mother. Um, and, and so they're, they're replicating what they saw as a child, uh, or they have some deep seated insecurities about their own body image, about their own sort of performance. And instead of actually addressing that it's coming out in this really negative way. Um, there's, there's a number of reasons why that can happen, but those are two of the things that I've seen, um, happen quite a bit where, you know, a, a man has his own insecurities and it's a means of him like deflecting what those insecurities are onto the, onto the woman. So like I've, I've worked with couples one-on-one, -on -one. I work with a lot of men one-on-one -on -one. and, and oftentimes, um, you know, men describe saying things that they don't mean. And, and, and in a lot of ways, when they are saying things that they don't mean, or they say after, like, I'm really sorry, I didn't mean to say that. It's because there's a, again, there's an emotional hurt that's behind that, that they don't know how to express or communicate. Um, that doesn't make it okay. That doesn't validate it. That doesn't make it justified right. or anything like that. Um, but just to answer your question at face value, th those are oftentimes the cases is that either they, they witnessed that behavior um, or you know, they might even be replicating that behavior. Um, it might be abusive on both sides. Maybe, you know, maybe there's a partnership where both people are abusive um, or they have their own insecurities and they feel like their partner has attacked them in some way. And this is their way to get back at them, you know? So maybe their partner has um, put them down or, or made them feel insecure about something and they don't have the emotional strength or intelligence to deal with that and confront it. And so this, you know, this weight issue comes up and they attack back. They're like, here's my, here's my way to get back at you because I know this is going to hurt you. And um, so those are, those are some of the common cases that I've seen. And what would you say um, if you're on the receiving end of one of those comments, what is uh, the next step? Like how, like, what do you do? Yeah. You hear that and you're like, oof, that's a gut you, shot. You can barely, like, I mean, we have, women are so incredibly hurt by this. I mean, when you're having a baby and you're doing so much, you are giving everything, your emotions, your body, everything to raising these babies up and to also have to look in the mirror and see how your body has changed. You no longer fit even remotely close to any body ideal that has been represented to you your whole 
life and to turn around and have your partner say something like that, it is such a betrayal. And I, I honestly don't know how women get past that. And we have women who are dealing with the hurt of that years and years after their partners have said it to them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a really, it's a really challenging situation. And it's, it's a really a break of trust, right? In, in a lot of ways, what we're talking about is a betrayal of trust. And, you know, this, this might be, there was this great study done that, that showed that men are more concerned with women cheating physically and women are more concerned with men cheating uh, emotionally. And so, you know, for me, this points in the direction of uh, almost like an emotional infidelity for a woman of like feeling betrayed. And, and so in that case, if, if it's something where you feel like you have been really betrayed and your, and your partner has intentionally hurt you and lashed out, um, you, you know, you need to communicate that to them. And it, and again, that might be a time where if this is an ongoing issue, if this pattern continues to come up within your relationship, again, that's where you need to seek out real help to have a, right. to have a third party come in and really understand. Because I think sometimes too often we try and be our partner's therapist and that's challenging, right? He might, again, he might be saying that because, you know, after his mother had him, she blamed him for her body image. And she said, you're the reason why I'm this, you're the reason why I'm that. And so maybe he grew up in a very abusive environment. And again, it's not to justify it, but it's to help him get through so that he doesn't do that anymore. And for him right. to take ownership over that. Um, you know, you could do, you could do and say things like, you know, imagine that I told you that, you know, your, your penis doesn't do it for me anymore. Like, that, that would probably get his attention, but it's probably not going to have the reaction that you're going to want. Um, but that it, it is equal to that, right? In, in some ways, it is very much equal to that. And so helping your partner understand that in a calm manner is extremely important. But again, if it continues to come up, like that is a, it really is a form of abuse. And, yeah. and, you, and you need to like, you need to go in and, and either see a therapist together um, or yeah, I would say together. Good suggestions. I like that. Yeah. That's that's a tough that's a tough situation, and unfortunately, we hear it probably more often than we would like to see it. At, well, not we don't the, want to see it at all. But the other thing, the other thing that I just want to say really quick is like, look at, and I know this is sort of like a weird sort of um, subvert, but look at the men in his life. Does he have other men that are going to hold him accountable? So he might have a circle of friends where that's totally that's perfectly fine. Saying crap like that is just okay. And, and I can tell you that like, you know, in a, if it was in a hurtful way, if it's intentional, that would never be okay in my friend circle. Like you would just, as a man, you would just never say something like that to, to objectify or cut down your partner. Like, that's just not what you're there for. You'd, you'd have a conversation about, you know, maybe being concerned or if they're okay, or if they would, you know, if they've brought it up before and how you can support and all those other types of things, but never as a weapon to intentionally hurt somebody. So, you know, really look at the people that he has in his life. Does he, is he this, the total sum of the people that's around him? Because maybe the other men in his life, he's following suit in a lot of ways. And he thinks that this is just acceptable behavior as a man. Right. That's an amazing point. Excellent. Um, okay. I want to move on to the second situation that often comes up in our community. And um, our community is largely in part about finding balance in food and fitness and um, family. And we have women that are trying to make changes to their habits, to their behaviors. 
uh, for the better to improve their health. And sometimes they run into the roadblock that their spouse or their husband partner is not on board and they're not supportive. Is there a way to um, su successfully communicate to their husband that, hey, um, I want you to join me, or if you don't want to join me, can you at least get out of my way? <laughs> <laughs> so I can do it by myself. What What do you think? What What's your suggestion? Yeah, I mean, you kind of summarized like <laughs> pretty funny way of doing it. Um, that's, I mean, that's definitely one way. I love you. You guys just have uh, light topics, just really light stuff today. I love this. <laughs> Welcome. But this Welcome is all to serious. the podcast. This, this, this is all. This is all serious. No. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of like getting on board, like shape shape up or, or ship out. Um, it might come to that. It might just come to like, you know what, like, I want you to be on board. It doesn't seem like you're that interested. And so I'm just going to do this. Um, but also like start to uncover if there's shame on his side. Like, you know, he, he might have all the excuses in the world to not go do it, but he might have his own shame. Just, just like, just like women do men have a ton of shame around body image, around not being good enough around, you know, performance in the bedroom, in the boardroom, like that we, we have shame is one of the most debilitating things that I see men struggle with. And so if he's really not on board, there is probably some form of shame that he's experiencing or he doesn't see it as a priority. So it might be an opportunity for you to have a priorities conversation with your partner. And what this means is sitting down with him and saying like, hey, what are your top five priorities in life right now? Let's really like look at our life and look at our priorities and understand where we're at together. Because a lot of the times um, partners have opposing priorities and it's those opposing priorities or at least the sequence in which those priorities are in that's causing a lot of conflict. So maybe his top priority is um, is really like making money and then it's being comfortable and then it's spending time with his family. And so in his top three priorities, health just isn't in there. Right. And so maybe part of your, your version with your conversation with him is, yeah, you know what? Um, family is number two for me or it's number one. And part of that family, uh, dynamic is, is being healthy together and is getting out, you know, more is eating better is eating healthier. And, and really start to question his perspective on that and, and enroll him on your version of what that means. Because he's, his priorities might just be completely out of whack from yours. And that's like a good non-defensive way to like really engage your partner uh, with this conversation. So that's one of them. The, the other ways is, um, you know, just inviting him, inviting him straight up to be a part of it. Um, I think what I've seen a lot of people do is, um, you know, again, I've been in a relationship where I'm pretty, I'm a pretty active guy. I'm like, I keep myself in shape. I go to the gym a couple of times a week, but I remember dating this one woman who went to the gym like six times a week and would just constantly guilt me about not going with her, um, quite a bit. And eat, cause my, my regular routine is like three times a week. And then I'll go do stuff like boxing and kickboxing and that kind of stuff. And, um, and I just remember feeling like crap because I was like, man, I'm still keeping my body in shape. Maybe it's not up to your standard. And so, so that, was, that was like this, this thing where I actually felt more resistance from being a part of what she wanted because I, there was like this constant guilt coming at me. And then my stubborn part was like, nope, I'm just not going to listen to you. And now I'm going to refuse to be a part of any of this. And so what I would say is notice your, your tendency or like 
propensity to want to guilt your partner into joining you. It never works. Men are stubborn and, <laughs> and, we, and we will just shut down in that space. And so the, the biggest thing you can do is an invitation or looking at priorities uh, and then inviting them into that, in, into that space with you and, and having a plan. That's, that's another big one. I think that, go ahead, Jen. I have a suspicion that some men are, they hold back because they don't want their partners to see possibly how um, insecure they feel exercising or they feel like, or they're embarrassed about maybe how out of shape they are, um, especially maybe as man, maybe feeling like you should be the leader of the family and your wife is in better shape than you. Um, <laughs> that is my suspicion over um, possibly some personal experience <laughs> and, <laughs> and stories we've heard. One thing I know, um, I wanted to say that, you know, Annie, you asked about, um, you said, get out of my way. Um, so um, my partner and I have done tons of individual counseling and marriage counseling and I always recommend it it's an amazing thing in fact I would say our individual counseling has been as beneficial to our relationship as our couples counseling but um, one of the most profound and simple pieces of advice we ever got was um, every family needs three things they need um, time connecting as a family time connecting as a couple and and, per, and then personal time to go do their own thing and as soon as my partner and I started um, implementing that into our family life day to day and making sure that we we were getting all of that things really changed for us and that's when I realized I could stop micromanaging my husband's time and his and his priorities and I had to just let go and let him decide you know what he was going to do with that time and the same I mean I the similar concept is that um we each have our own personal finances that I mean we have family finances but we also have our own personal finances and I don't manage what he does with his personal finances anymore. I used to try and he doesn't manage mine. So I, and you know, just kind of getting, you know, some autonomy in that relationship. And I think sort of in our culture and how we start treating marriage as like we're one person and we have mm. to do everything together and we have to have all the same interests. And that's really not the case. And our, our, like personally, our marriage has become stronger the more we've, um, started seeing each other as individuals and given and supported each other and having our own um, interests outside of that. And whether my personal time is going to the gym or not is not my husband's business. It's my body, my business. And in turn, I have done the same. It's his body, his business. Um, what he wants to do with his personal time is up to him. So I think, yeah. the, um, go ahead, Connor. No, I was I was going to say really quick, you know, again, um, you know, look at his friend circles, look at, look at where he's getting that activity, right? Like with my guy friends, we often go hiking, right? We'll go hiking, we'll do boxing, we'll do stand up paddleboarding. Like we do a lot of active things. And so really look at, at your, your partner's friend circle and, and start to see whether or not those relationships are happening because he might just have drinking buddies, right? right. So like outside of you and the family and work, all, his only option is just to go drink. And so, you know, you're right. He might have those insecurities. Um, he, he might have those, those like nagging feelings in the back of like, oh crap, like now, 
you know, I'm letting you down. I'm not in good enough shape. Like I, I knew it. I knew I'm not going to jump shape. And like, now you're not attracted to me. And, and so like those thoughts happen in guys' brains. Like that's, that's a very real experience for us as well. Um, but start to look at some of the, the, the people around him. If he's got really solid connections um, and, and really solid examples and role models, then he'll start to shift his behavior. And maybe he doesn't necessarily want to do it with you because maybe that's something that he really prides himself on. Like I grew up working out and playing hockey and you know, I, work, I worked out at the age of like 14 and that's something that I did on my own. And it's only been recently that I've actually started to do that a little bit with my partner and we'll go boxing together and whatnot as well. But that's still a very much like a me thing. And so I was trained to do that by myself, but a lot of guys have been trained to do that with somebody, you know, they had gym buddies and maybe they don't have that gym buddy anymore. So encouraging them to get back into that space in their own way and find their own rhythm is extremely important. And I love what you said. There's a great quote by Osho that says our, our capacity to love is based on our ability to be alone. And that's very much, it's very, very much true. I think the other thing that makes this um, kind of situation or dynamic a little sticky is that oftentimes we, uh, I think women are a little afraid to say like, hey, I'm worth making this change, even if it's just for me. Um, so I'm going to spend money on a gym membership, even if it's just for me, maybe buy some different groceries, even if it's just for me. Um, I'm going to ask my husband to watch the kids while I go to the gym. Um, you know, we, we sense that we're maybe putting people out or we're inconveniencing people if we're making these changes just for ourselves, whereas we might feel a little bit more confident making them if our husbands were on board. But I think women should know. And, and if, the, if the roles were reversed, men should know too that um, even if your spouse isn't on board, that you're worth making those changes if they're important to you. Yeah, and you might and you might cause the change, you know, Gandhi said be the change you want to see in the world. And you might cause the change by going back to the gym. You know, like a perfect example was this morning. I flew back from Vancouver to New York. I was totally jet lagged yesterday. And, you know, I set my alarm for quarter quarter after six this morning to go to the gym and it went off. And I was like, I was really struggling. But my partner was up and out of bed and she was like changed and she's like, Hey, I'm going down to the gym. I'll see you there. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, I can do this. And so she was really, she was the example for me this morning. And, and sometimes, you know, sometimes us guys, like we need that too. Yeah. I think that once, once you have children, it's a whole different dynamic as far as how to manage your time and how each can get that time. And it really takes a lot of planning. And I, I know when my, and the other thing is when you have little kids, I feel like there's just sort of a period there um, like my husband and I had three kids in four years. It was really intense. And we, we just like bound together and tried to get through that. But then he got to a point where he, he wanted to start incorporating more of that self-care stuff back into his life. And I got really defensive and he was getting up super early at, you know, 5 a.m. to get to the gym at six, four days a week. And I found myself um, extremely defensive and thinking, well, where, when's my time? Where's my time? And there honestly wasn't time for us each to have that, but it's just not something my partner had thought about. And it really does. It's so boring in relationships, but planning, you know, is so important with, you know, we see fat, we say, Hey, if you start meal planning, you'll, it'll change your week. And nobody wants to do it because it's so boring, but it really are these things, sitting down and doing them, sitting down with your partner, especially if you have kids with a calendar for the month talking about, 
you know, whether, you know, and that's what my partner and I used to have to do once we got this advice from our marriage counselor was, okay, well, when is the personal time? Are we both getting it? Is it fair? Um, it's not always fair, but it is, is it mostly fair? When is the, when are we connecting as a family and when are we connecting as a couple through this month? And it's so boring, but it's, it's so helpful. Even scheduling and sex. I know that's really, sounds really boring, but once you have kids, it's crazy and everyone's tired and, um, and so I remember getting this really good advice to schedule in sex every three nights, just schedule it in, you know, that's the day. <laughs> and so you can start <laughs> mentally preparing for it earlier and um, make something easy for supper. So there's no cleanup. Like it really is these small things that can you know, lead to the bigger picture and the bigger vision you have for yourself, um, of happiness and just getting along in a marriage and, yeah. So anyways, that's my advice. <laughs> Did you get that tip from me, Jen? No. <laughs> so, is that what you do? No. Um, no comment. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. Connor, did you know we were going to talk about boobs and sex today? Uh, no, but that's, a, that's okay. You know, these, these things happen. I'm, I'm fully prepared for everything. Awesome. Okay. So one last quick question, um, because I know we're just about out of time um, and it's very serious. If you had to eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Pizza. Oh, good choice. Good hands, choice. hands down. <laughs> like I just pizza every day, all day. I like it. What kind? Thin? Thick? What oh, do you yeah. Like? like like the traditional Italian Sicilian pizza. Yeah. Like the Excellent. thin the thin crust, no dip, but like the spicy, the spicy oil that you can put on like straight Italian. I like it. Jen, what about you? What kind of, what food? Um, well, now I'm thinking about pizza, but I like it Americanized as much as possible. I like a thick pizza with lots of cheese, unrecognizable to an Italian. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. Good, good answers. Um, I would go with Brussels sprouts. I know that's going to be shocking to Jen. Uh, <laughs> I love Brussels sprouts. I eat them every day. Burnt, burnt and, burnt and crispy though. Like probably not like, maybe I should check into the carcinogens or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Connor, thank you so much. This was, I felt like you just had gem after gem yeah, after gem um, of advice for our listeners. And I think they are just going to love this episode. So thank you so much for your time. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. If you like what you heard today, I invite you to check out our free 30-minute workshop where Jennifer Lauren and I discuss how to reach your goals without dieting extremes and how to have fun while you get there, which you can find at balance365.co. That's B-A-L-A-N-C-E 365.co, as well as join nearly 30,000 women across the globe in our free Facebook community at Healthy Habits, Happy Moms. And if you really like what you heard today, be sure to give it a review on iTunes so we can keep bringing you amazing content. Thanks, everyone.